Welcome back to the Where the Bear podcast, everyone, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Today, a special track and field edition of the Where the Bear podcast. The director of track and field, Paul Rice, joining me here as he has a tendency to do, and it's one of my favorite uh, segments that we do get to do. And, and first off, Coach, uh, great to be back with you. Great to be back talking track and field again. And you know, let's just jump right into it. You guys are a very successful meet. Down in Fort Wayne, you had eight first place finishes, and um, hey, that's the goal, right? When you when you when you run, run fast and that's be right. the be the first to finish. That's right. Yeah. Well, it was, it's been, um, I think, three or four years since we've been down to that meet. Um, we kind of rearranged our schedules a little bit this year, so we we put that back on the schedule. And since we were there last time, it's grown and it's gotten a little more competitive. So it was actually kind of fun to go down there and see some different schools that we haven't seen as much of in the past, and. Um, you know, good competition. So, uh, yeah, you go down there. You're we're we're now. I think you know we talked last time about the rust, busting the rust. We're past that point now. You know, these kids have to be ready to go out there every week and put their best performances out there and and build confidence. And you know, every week when you are on the bus ride home, you're looking at the the we call it the Tfers rankings. The Tfers rankings is what you know what tells you where you're ranked in your in your league. So. We pull up the Horizon League rankings, see what we did, how we moved up the list, and that's the goal every every week. So, nice job by the team of the, you know moving up the rankings last week, laying down some fast times, some good performances. We had a school record from Mary Moore in the women's weight throw, and hopefully that gets us on a roll of setting a school record every week. And and it, it gets tougher now every year to set school records because right. of the quality of the athletes is getting better every year. So. But yeah, they, they dual meet score it, so you see what you do against other each school individually there and. Um, you know, we didn't take a full contingency. We had a handful of kids that stayed back for whatever reason. Some of them were dealing with some illness and a little bit of injury, and maybe resting them up for a bigger meet in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but it was a it was a good full bus and a big group going down there. We had a lot of fun and and some some good performances. You guys certainly very effective on the sprinting side as well. And I'll, I'll get into Napoleon Outlaw in just a little bit and, and the trend that track and field has made. And really, it's been going on for a long time. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well, that the cross-sport athlete, Napoleon Outlaw, certainly a guy that has speed to burn, as evidenced by his 60-meter victory. But even on the women's side as well, Andrea Smith claimed the 60 meters on that side. You have to like where the sprint game is at right now. Yeah, Coach Benke's doing a really nice job of uh, you know getting these sprinters rolling and uh it's it's tough because you you know these you come off of a break like a you know a two-week break for christmas and you know they don't get a whole lot of work done because they're sprinters there's no track available to them and and you know over christmas break they they lose a little bit of that uh, momentum that they may have had in december uh, whereas a distance runner you know you tell them to go home and run miles and they can go out and run in the snow they can run outside they can get on a treadmill and run but Sprinters take a little time off, so when they come back those first couple of weeks in January, they're kind of getting their legs back under them, loosening the hamstrings back up again, and uh, so that now they're really starting to roll, and he's doing a good job of really getting them going every week, and, and uh, it was fun to watch some dominance there on the sprint side. That's something we've built over the last three, four years, and that sprint group has really become a, a major factor in our program, and you know we all know that Youngstown State is the you know the program in, in the Horizon League that's that you're battling with every year for the title, and everybody's chasing them. But you know their coaches now are even kind of noticing and commenting from year to year how good our sprinters are getting and how good our hurdlers have been, and and uh, those elements of our program we've we've developed over the last two, three, four years are we're getting we're catching some notice around the league from well, that. Well, speaking of that, coach, and you and I touch on this from time to time, but I, but I think it bears repeating in that. 
how? How how does it get? You you don't have an indoor facility here. I mean that that's just that is what it is. Mm-hmm. That, that's factual. That's not what I think. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. You don't have an indoor facility here. What changed? How how can you how can you get this program on the scene in terms of being a league competitor? Getting from where you were, say five years ago, to where you have the, the sprinting tradition—that's—it's basically turning into a tradition now of right. what you guys have been able to do. What changed from five years ago to today? Well, a couple of things. One is I—I I think that uh, you know we've we've had some good success and we've been able to market that success, even if it was just individuals. So we had over the years we've had some good individual athletes some good individual sprinters and and that helped us to show hey you know we can put a kid in a pro in our program and they can run fast you know without an indoor track facility at that point without an outdoor track facility for a long time so you get a couple of those kids excited about what we can do and what we have the potential to do and, and i think the big thing we've talked about this before back in the fall we talked about cross country and when some of the guys were in here talking with you you know you you, you find those kids that look to be able to go to a program and make a mark and make a name for themselves and help their program make a name for themselves. So I think we've, we've been able to do a good job of bringing the kids in that, that want to make a difference and don't want to just, they don't want to just go somewhere because there's a a big name behind that school or a big reputation behind that track program that's been there for a hundred years. They want to create their own name. Yes. They want to, they want to feel like they went somewhere and they made the difference. They, they were one of the guys or one of the women that, that helped that program really develop. And we were lucky to get a handful of those athletes in the last two, three, four years. And that's created this momentum now. So we went from having a couple individuals to a couple more individuals now to actually having a good group. And we have depth and someone might go down with an injury or an illness and someone can step into that spot and still perform at a really high level. And they're, they're kind of interchangeable too. You know, it's not always the same. I mean, Napoleon's been running great, but it doesn't have to be the same kid every week. It's there's, there's someone that can step up and, you look at that meet um, last week. Um, I believe Joe McCarthy beat Napoleon in the prelims of the 60, and then Napoleon came back and beat Joe in the finals. So those things start to happen. The com- the competitive nature comes out in these kids, and it makes each of them better. And and yeah, not having an indoor facility makes it tough, but we do have new facilities with our dome, and it's still something we can we can market and recruit with. You're listening to the Wear the Bear podcast, special track and field edition with the director of track and field, Paul Rice. My name is Neil Rule. As always, as we mentioned, the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group and attorneys who have the ability to align excellent legal knowledge with sharp business savvy, provide real value to their clients. Dedicated to assisting businesses with their employment and labor law issues, the Evans Law Group provides real value to their clients. Perhaps this is why U.S. News and World Report recognizes the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and for the ninth straight year has recognized its founder, Cameron Evans, as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. To learn more, visit them on the web at www.evanslawgrp.com. And Catching up here as we talked about with track and field director Paul Rice on the Where the Bear podcast. And keep in mind, folks, you can subscribe. Go to iTunes, search Where the Bear or Golden Grizzlies. Click subscribe. You're in there for the non-iPhone crowd. We're on SoundCloud as well. Search Golden Grizzlies or Where the Bear podcast on there as well. Click subscribe, and you are in there. All the latest episodes will come right to your phone or mobile device. So, Coach, we talked uh, briefly about Napoleon Outlaw in, in, in the sprinter side, and I, before we went on the air here, I made mention of the fact I was watching the 30 for 30 on, on Miami, the U, mm-hmm. and, and they had talked about Santana Moss, who, who went on to a stellar NFL career, and 
he came to Miami on a track scholarship and, and was a sprinter, was one of the very best in the country. Napoleon Outlaw, uh, here with Eric Pogue, a, a soccer guy, ha, has speed to burn, one of the fastest kids in the country. And this continuing trend, and this has been going on, this isn't groundbreaking or anything like that, but just wanted to get your thoughts on that uh, and, and how track and field really has become a weapon, not only for track and field, but for other sports as well. Yeah, I think you're going to find uh, across the board that uh, it, it, maybe not quite as much now, but as track and field over the years has gone, uh, you know, some of the best sprinters or even throwers, jumpers, and you know, in track and field at the high school level, are guys that were you know stars of the football team or the wrestling team or the um, the basketball team. So there's definitely a lot of crossover there that, you know, with track and field, that obviously the tools that we use in track with running, jumping, throwing, and, and it goes hand in hand with a lot of other sports. Um, but it's, it's, it's not as common now as it, as it was for quite a while where you'd have these running backs at the Division One level that were really good sprinters as well at their, at their, their, their D1 institution. And we talked about uh, Tyrone Wheatley back mm-hmm. in the U of M days and, and things like that. So we've had our, we've had our share of those athletes over the last, uh, you know, since we started our program back in 2006, we've had some good success. Uh, we had Serena San Cartier a couple of years ago in the hurdles. It was a NCAA qualifier for us. And, uh, Napoleon was an, was an outstanding, um, very accomplished track sprinter, you know, in, in high school, uh, from Okemos. And, um, I think he was runner up in the state last year, a senior year in the 200, so he came, you know, to Oakland primarily for soccer and was recruited by Eric and, and um, brought in for the soccer program. But, you know, f- to have an opportunity to still do track and, and compete at this level was a big draw for him. And that's something we've done with a few other athletes in other sports, uh, basketball and, and women's soccer, men's soccer here, that to have that opportunity for him. Uh, we even have a swim in, uh, one of the swimmers this year that's a fifth-year senior and she's going to run uh, outdoor track this year as her as her swimming career comes to an end. She's going back to her roots of where she was in high school as an 800 runner in high school. Wants her come out and run track, and she's doing really well training indoors. So um, it's exciting to see someone like, like Napoleon excelling already. I think it's uh, maybe even taken him by surprise a little bit because he didn't do a whole lot all fall with the track team, just basically played soccer. But just goes to show you the fitness level that those guys get right. and uh, the way they're able to stay in tune with their training and, and uh, it didn't take him long to transition and adapt and, and we're excited about how fast he's running for sure. And don't get me wrong, coach, and, and you and you know this, that yeah, there is tons of technique involved in it and, and technique can make or break you. Technique can win you a gold medal in the Olympics or, or get you off the podium. I, I, I understand right. all that. But sometimes at its basic level, isn't it, there's a gun go run. Yeah. At, at some times, is it is that not? I mean, yeah. I'm understating it. I know, but to a degree, that's what it is, right? There's a gun run. Yep. Yeah. The the fastest guys are going to be fast. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, when you get to that really high level, that may, maybe high power five school level or you know Olympic level, or professional level, that's where they spend uh, you know a little more time with personal trainers and people who will work on mechanics and technique and, and our sprint coach JP Benke does a great job of incorporating all that into the daily training these guys do and you know I watch him run workouts and set up stuff for the athletes and, and they're doing mechanics and doing drills and practice that they don't probably realize what the benefit of what they're doing he incorporates it in and, and um, it's a lot of muscle memory stuff a lot of f- fast twitch muscle fiber response stuff and uh, it works it works but 
you know, like you said, the fastest kids are, are going to be fast as long as you, <laughs> as long as you can keep them healthy. And that's the thing is progressing them at the right level and being smart, not letting them overdo it and not putting their bodies at risk. And uh, Napoleon's not, not a big guy. I don't know if, I'm sure you've, you've right. probably seen him. You've met him. Right. He's not a real big guy. He doesn't necessarily have that prototypical, um, you know, Leroy Burrell type of right. strength uh, that a sprinter you know, a lot of times has, but he is just, he is lightning quick. And, and having someone like him in practice, um, you know, it raises everyone else's level. So we talked about the depth in the group and, as as one gets better, the rest will rise with them, and and um and he's making immediately made that impact and making everybody around him work really hard to to stay up with them, and and you can see everybody else progressing as well. Listen to the Where the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law <coughs> Group. So, Coach, but before we let you go here, with Fort Wayne in the rearview mirror, you guys this weekend will will head up to Saginaw take part in the Jets Pizza Invitational, yeah. the SVSU Jets Pizza Invite. And following that, you guys will head down to Notre Dame. So break it down for us. What do you expect out of this meet? How many how many participants you're looking to take, yeah. and how will things work? This weekend will be a big group. Uh, the nice thing about the Saginaw meet that I really like is they do it in a two-day format. So um, there's some qualifying rounds on Friday. So we'll go up there with a group on Friday uh, of uh, 30 to 40 athletes on Friday. Uh, some of them will run the, the 60 dash, the 60 hurdles, and the 200-meter prelims. Uh, and then if they run fast enough, they qualify for the finals on Saturday. It kind of starts to show you that experience that they need to get for the, the Horizon League Championships, which is a two-day format as well. So it's nice to get that exposure. I, I like the way they've done this meet. Um, it's also nice for us as coaches to maybe have things split up over two days so we can put a little more individual work in with kids and not everybody's there at the same time. Um, it'll be a big group. We've got a bunch of them going up Friday, then we got a bus load going up Saturday. So we'll get a, we'll be busy all weekend and, and, uh, great facility. Their facility is only a couple years old, a couple years old. It's a 300 meter, uh, bind in surface, which is very similar to our outdoor track, very fast surface, uh, very spectator friendly facility. It's an exciting place to go. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to that. We always have good performances coming out of that, that weekend in that facility. As far as next week goes with Notre Dame, um, you know, we're waiting. We'll find out tomorrow. We, we entered a handful of athletes. Notre Dame is one of those meets where you have to be at a high level performance-wise to get in. They, they judge you based on your performances over the last year, and you enter your times and your performances, your marks for your jumps and throws. It's re- it's resume-based. Yeah, basically absolutely. Saying. And, that's, and I like that. You know, it's a unique experience for five to ten athletes that will take there that they, they know they earned their way into that meet. They weren't just handed an opportunity. Um, so that's going to be exciting for us. And, again, as coaches, to be able to go to a meet with a handful of athletes and put the emphasis solely on them that day. That's It's a fun, unique experience that the, those athletes look back on and really cherish. And, and I, as a coach, I really cherish those moments, too, where you get an opportunity to kind of work one-on-one with an athlete that you know really has put in a lot of extra time and, and, and done some great things for the program, and they get those opportunities to show themselves on more of a national-level stage. So that's kind of what the Notre Dame-Mayo meet is, a, is about. It'll be fast. It'll be exciting. And the nice thing, too, is you get time to kind of sit and watch. Right. You know, if, the, if we're only competing five or ten athletes, we as athletes and coaches can sit in the stands and, and take it in um, and not be running around like crazy the whole time. It's, <laughs> it's fun to sit and watch a meet as a coach when you don't have a, a you know someone in that race necessarily. You see and, and you kind of admire what other programs are doing at the same time, and, and it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity we don't get to do that often. So that's another reason I like those meets too. 
Well, Coach, I'm glad that I get an opportunity to do this often. Oh, uh, I appreciate it. Always, me too. Love, me too. Love sitting down with you, <laughs> uh, the track and field director, Paul Rice. Appreciate him carving out some time. Big thank you to everybody for listening as well to the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, everybody. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Well, see you later.